This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Housing for the Aged Action Group, Hague for short, a housing group for older people run by older people. Present Raise the Roof! We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. That's right, you're listening to Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Aged Action Group show on 3CR 855am. My name's Shane. I'm here with Fiona. How are you doing, Fiona? Hey, Shane. Um, so, today on the show, we talked to uh, Superini from Elder Rights Advocacy. What does uh, Elder Rights Advocacy have to do with housing, Fiona? Yeah, so oftentimes we hear about older people who are having to leave their homes and be prematurely moved into residential aged care um, because there's no other appropriate housing or they're really confused about um, what supports might be available to allow them to stay at home safely. Things like if they've been discharged from hospital and they might need some support to clean the house or to go shopping and they're not sure how to get that and then they end up kind of not being able to live independently. So um, we see that through our work um, as in CareFinder and also previously to that age, the Aged Care System Navigator. And we also sometimes hear situations in the retirement housing area where retirement housing managers are trying to say that an older person is no longer able to live independently or doesn't have the capacity to make decisions and so therefore needs to be moved into a nursing home and they sometimes get GP letters and all sorts of stuff to basically force people out of their retirement housing, which is not very cool. I mean, you also see again and again across the state uh, local councils outsourcing and privatising their aged care services, mm. which had been delivered at a you know relatively high level uh, by professionals who had good paying conditions. Councils don't want that anymore. They're rate capped. They can't afford it. They need to pay their uh, CEOs more money. So the aged care workforce is getting sacked and it's being shifted over to a private provider. And often you're hearing from the people receiving those services that the services are worse because the private aged care providers um, are underpaying their staff. There's no staff retention. There's high turnover. Uh, People who are unskilled, uninterested, uh, are sort of churned through these roles. So, yeah, that's that's another big problem in the sort of home care space. And I think also that's partially the fault of the federal government um, privatising the services and opening it up to the private industry. And in, in back in the days in when there used to be um, home and community care mainly delivered through local government, older people knew where to go for their information and that's where they would find it. And since all the private providers have come in, they're really hard to contact. They don't show up when they're supposed to. They you know, don't answer their phone and older people will be sitting there waiting for a shower wondering what the hell's going on. So big issues, big issues in aged care. And we're not just talking about resi care, which we will get into a little bit. I mean, private aged care is a crime. <laughs> Line them up against the wall. We'll deal with them that way. Here we go again. I, I don't think that's quite what we're going to get out of the interview today. I'm going to hear some more, more measured remarks from our guest. Yeah. 
So one of the services that deals with complaints in aged care is elder rights advocacy. Similar to HAG, they started up as a um, as a group at Ross House as a self-advocacy group um, in the 80s with a bunch of older women who were concerned about the rights of older people. And, and basically the Older Persons Action Centre split into two organisations. One was Housing for the Aged Action Group, which supported people about housing. That's us. That's us. And one was Elder Rights Advocacy, which is now working in the aged care advocacy space. So we have similar we have a similar roots and different branches, um, and we're about to go into what those branches look like now. So we might hit listen to Super Trini's interview. How does that sound? I guess it's all right. Cool. Let's put her on. We're joined today in the studio by Sue Petrini from Elder Rights Advocacy. How are you going today, Sue? I'm well, thank you, Fiona. That's great. Um, firstly, would you be able to tell us a little bit about um, your role at Elder Rights Advocacy and what Elder Rights Advocacy does? I can. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, as you said, my name is Sue Petrini. I'm the current Programs Manager for Elder Rights Advocacy. Um, which means I have, I guess, overarching responsibility for the programs that we are funded to deliver in Victoria. Um, Elder Rights Advocacy delivers the National Aged Care Advocacy Program and has done so for 30-plus years. And that means that uh, through this Commonwealth funding, we provide free and confidential advocacy support about aged care um, services and aged care rights to older people and their representatives across Victoria. We also assist in navigating the aged care system, provide information both individually and in group settings to community and providers about aged care rights. And Elder Rights Advocacy is a founding member of the Older Persons Advocacy Network, which is the national body where all service delivery organisations across Australia are joined together in one membership. So there's a, a service for the National Aged Care Advocacy Program in each state. Before we go any further, perhaps you could explain to listeners what you mean by the term aged care. So we're not just talking about residential aged care and nursing homes here, are we? No, we are not. Um, so aged care funded services through the Commonwealth Government include Several, many services. Uh, they include things like the Commonwealth Home Support Program, which many people may remember as the old HACC program, which is quite a number of years ago, often delivered through local councils. And, it, and it's sort of entry-level support for people who want to stay at home. So it might include things like Meals on Wheels or some domestic assistance, um, just that entry level to help people stay independent at home. It also includes home care packages where there's a, a step up in support, I guess, which might include those domestic services and also potentially some nursing care or, or, or support like that. Um, and there's residential aged care, as you've said, and there are other services that are available to people, which I won't go into because they are not the core of our work. I think we often see people about their home care packages and that Commonwealth Home Support and Residential Care. So what are some of the issues that people come to you with or, or that you deal with? Um, well, some of the issues that we see in the delivery of aged care services can be about choice, about being able, able to choose and have control about how their care is delivered, um, often financial concerns for older people about the costs of care. And for those in residential care, interestingly, food is still 
a prime issue for many people. And what do you do to support those people? So say someone calls you and they've got a problem with um, how much their their domestic assistance or their shopping is costing or how unsatisfied they are with their Meals on Wheels or their food. What yeah. is it that your advocates can do for people? Yeah, so I think it depends on which service that that, that is coming through. Um, and financial uh, information, we have financial advocacy officers who can support uh, people who are, who are having financial con- concerns about finances in their services. Financial uh, costs are set through an aged care service but also set through Services Australia. So the costs that are set through Services Australia, we don't have control over. That is based on someone's assets and income. However, we can support a person to work with their provider to um, to determine what the actual issue is. Is it that the older person doesn't understand the costs or uh, the costs too high for them to have uh, maintain other aspects of their life and so we can support someone with financial hardship applications um, to reduce those costs. Um, often it is just not being given enough information about why they are being charged for certain things in aged care. Mm. And in terms of that, um, elder rights advocacy has been around for over 30 years now. And yep. I guess you've seen a lot of changes over those that time. I think back in the day, Housing for the Aged and Elder Rights Advocacy both came out of the Older Persons Advocacy Centre at Ross House in, right. in the 80s. So yes. lots, yep. some things have changed and some things stay the same, I guess. So uh, perhaps you could tell yeah. us a little bit about what's, what's changed. Um, well, Fiona, I've been in this role for five years and our CEO Deb Nicholl has been here for 16 plus years. Deb would often say not much has changed but other apps have. I think there's been an improvement in the recognition of the rights of older people and I hope that our advocacy services has assisted in that. Um, food issues have been around for a long time although the government is attempting to make changes to those especially in residential care. I think um, also, elder abuse has um, awareness of elder abuse has been raised over the, over the last few years, and for us, that's um, I think that's a positive that people can recognise and understand that older people don't have to go through abuse either in receiving aged care services or in the community via family. So we can support with information and education about elder abuse as well. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that in terms of, I guess, when people think of elder abuse, they think of some of the stuff that we saw coming through the Royal Commission um, Mm. in residential aged care and and some pretty terrible stories were coming out there. That was quite a number of years ago, but you also mentioned elder abuse that happens in the home by family members. Is that something that your advocates see? And, And maybe you could describe to listeners what that might look like. Yeah, so elder abuse while aged care services are being delivered is certainly our remit and we support people in that and that, as you've said, that's been identified through the Royal Commission and that may mean that, you know, uh, physical abuse while in care. Um, I think familial elder abuse, from my experience, is often around finances Mm. um, and that inheritance in patients, perhaps. Um, And as an advocate... um, 
with elder rights advocacy, we don't can't necessarily advocate for that space, but we can we can let people know that they do have rights mm. and that there is support out there um, to help them understand how they can manage that, especially financial elder abuse. Uh, so our remit is really about aged care service delivery, but we certainly offer informational information and warm referrals to services who can support older people with things like financial elder abuse. Thanks. So what do you think needs to change to improve you know, the, the delivery of aged care services in Victoria and the, the lives of people who are receiving those services? Mm, well, I think, Shane, that an aged care system that's funded sufficiently to afford older people their human rights uh, but going back a step to, I think, alongside that, a change in community attitudes and stereotyping and potentially devaluing of older people. Mm. So acknowledging their contribution to society and their years of lived experience. And we hope that with the um, reform of the Aged Care Act that we might see um, emphasis on those human rights. Yeah. I'm I might just ask you one other question um, before we find out how to get in contact with you, um, and that is about the Elder Rights Advocacy's um, Community Visitors Scheme. Yes, thank you, and I was remiss in not mentioning that. Uh, yeah, because I, I, yeah, yeah, I know that the thing that the reason that I was interested in this is because, like you say, um, ageism is underpinning a lot of these kind of issues for older people mm-hmm. in terms of the abuse of their rights and that social isolation and loneliness has been identified as a major problem that contributes to lots of things. So having someone to chat to informally is really important, and I know that you've just recently expanded this program throughout all of Victoria. Um, So there might be some regional listeners that could take this up as well. So perhaps you could tell us a little bit about what the scheme is and whereabouts you operate it from. Yes, thank you. Well, we currently operate what's called the Community Visitor Scheme across five aged care regions in Victoria, regionally, uh, not currently in the metro area. Uh, but yes, you are right. We have, um, we'll be expanding across Victoria to all regions. It's a free service uh, where volunteers are connected with older people who are socially isolated or identify as being socially isolated. And that may mean that an older person is living at home, alone, or with family, or in residential aged care, as long as that person identifies that they would like some social support So our program workers, um, I guess, do a match for volunteers and the older person, trying to match interests and um, who they would like to see. And it's a free service and purely for social support. So it is a great service. And you are right, we will be delivering it across Victoria very soon. And do you have like a need for volunteers or do you have plenty of people Uh, that want to do this kind of thing? We have many volunteers in our service now, but there is always a need for volunteers. So if anyone would like to consider that program from a volunteer perspective or indeed know someone who may benefit, they can contact us. Uh, Currently on the same number would be useful that we use for our advocacy and intake line, which is um, 1800 700 600. And there's similar schemes all over the country, I imagine, um, through through this program. And I guess also it's not just people visiting people in residential aged care, it's also in people's homes if they're receiving some sort of home yes, care packet. Yeah, that's right. So the current criteria is someone needs to be on a wait list or receiving a home care package or in residential aged care. 
Um, so, yes, uh, the volunteer can meet someone in their home if that older person wants to go down the street and have a coffee and they're able to do so, then the volunteer might meet them in a coffee shop and certainly, as you said, in residential aged care as well. Yeah, sounds like a great program. So you, you gave out the phone number already. Perhaps you could tell us um, how people can get in contact and, and also do you take calls from members of the public who might be concerned about older people as well as older people themselves? Uh, yes. So we do take calls from members of the public or older people's representatives, but as advocates we um, won't progress in advocacy if, we, if someone wants us to take action without the consent of the older person. Yeah. If the older person's unable to do that for ill health or whatever reason, if there's a recognised representative, then we will work with that representative, but trying to ensure that the older person's wishes are met. So... Under most circumstances, we get the consent from the older person. Um, and yes, anybody can call us and we can offer some information about rights, about situations generally as well. Yeah. So if anyone has any concerns about an older person or if they are, in fact, an older person themselves living either in residential aged care or in the home and receiving some sort of home care package or Commonwealth home support, or if they're waiting for that, because we know there's big wait lists as well, then they can they can get in contact with Elder Rights Advocacy. Do you want to give out the number one more time? I, I will. And just to clarify, Fiona, that we can support people who are eligible for aged care services as well. They don't have to be on a wait list or receiving. Some people ring just to get information about how they can get into the system, which we can also support with. So that's similar to what the aged care system navigator used to do and what care finders um, are that's doing? Right. Yeah. 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 And so maybe just run us through what the eligibility for aged care is. So do you have to be over 65? Um, normally that's the eligibility over 65 and for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people 50 plus. Um, but as I said, we have conversations with people who are pre-aged care, who are seeking those services. Um, if we can't help with an aged care, a referral into the aged care system, we'll support a referral to other appropriate services for people. Yeah. Um, so yes, that's the normal um, uh, criteria for aged care funded services. Great. That's so useful to have that information. Um, so perhaps if you could give your phone number and website out one more time and, and we sure. can also pop it in the show notes for people as well. Oh, thank you. So the one eight hundred seven hundred six hundred number is a free call and the easiest way for people to contact us. Uh, our intake advocates in Victoria answer the phone from 9 until 4.30, five days a week. Uh, after that, after 4.30 and um, on Saturday, the call will be transferred to a call centre, but I want to assure people that they will be talking to a person yeah. if the call is transferred and then that message might come back to us to follow up. And our website is www.era.asn.au and there is also opportunity on the website for people to contact us yeah. And also, if you're living outside of Victoria, you can find a similar service in another state by going to the OPAN, which is, um, can you explain what OPAN is perhaps? Yeah, the Older Persons Advocacy Network, which is the, um, I guess, the member, the head of the member body um, across Australia. So it's OPAN 
consists of the nine member organisations who deliver the advocacy program across Australia. The 1-800-700-600 number is Australia-wide, so depending on where someone is living, they will pick up the service in their state. That's good to hear. So if you're listening from Queensland or Western Australia or any of the other states, you can still call that number and you'll get put in touch with your local equivalent advocacy service. Great. That's so good. Is there anything else, Sue, that you'd like the listeners to know before we let you go? Um, I think to remind people that we are a free service and we're confidential. So if an older person was to call and they had a concern, we would listen, but we don't take action without consent. So just feel free to bring about any concerns you might have. As I said, if it's outside the scope of aged care services, we will support that person to be put in touch with the correct service. That's great. Well, thanks so much for coming in today, Sue. Um, we really appreciate it. It's a bit of a last-minute request, so thanks thanks for coming in so so promptly and willingly to, to talk to us today. Um, and, um, yeah, all the best with the work. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Fiona. Thanks, Shane. It was a great opportunity. Thanks, Sue. Thanks, Sue. Bye. Okay, bye. You're listening to 3CR Radio. Well, brothers and sisters, what a show of strength we've got here today. Local issues. So I'm here at the school, kids strike for climate action. Live coverage. Join the, the spirit of this gathering here today at IMARC. Your voices. So give us a bit of a lowdown about what's happening. There's about 200, 250 people here at the moment. Community struggles. We're now in front of the uh, Tundaminawaya Mawbohina Monument. I'd like to thank Community Radio 3CR, who for the last decade has been broadcasting here. Feed Radical Radio. Your membership is vital. A few hundred people about to pass us right now. Lots of young people standing up for their future. Subscribe today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 9419 8377. In 1987, Ross House has become an important part of the fabric of Melbourne. The organisations operating from Ross House form an eclectic patchwork of multicultural groups, self-help groups and small community organisations committed to social justice and environmental sustainability. Organisations such as the International Women's Development Agency, Human Rights Arts and Film Festival and the Wilderness Society have all called Ross House home. To find out more, please visit rosshouse.org.au. Ross House is a 3CR supporter. Uh, you're still listening to 3CR. It's 8.55am. This is Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Aged Action Group show with Shane and Fiona. Fiona, are you telling us a little bit about the, uh, is it the Olympic Village, the Commonwealth Games Village? What's the, what's the story? Yeah, so we had a general meeting of our members last week and one of our members who lives in Ballarat, Dennis, 
drew to our attention there's an issue with the proposed Commonwealth Games, no, sorry, Olympic villages that are being built. So there's four Olympic villages that are being built in regional Victoria. And apparently, originally, the plan was for these athletes' villages to be built with basically communal facilities, um, so communal laundries, communal toilets, etc., which meant that afterwards they wouldn't be able to be repurposed for any other type of affordable housing. Um, And there were some concerns raised. There was a consultation process that was through Engage Victoria around the design of these villages, and apparently that original proposal has now been overturned and there will be some um, design that will allow it to be turned into affordable housing afterwards. So I, I think that is the Commonwealth Games Village. There is not going to be an Olympics in Ballarat. I can't tell the difference between those two stupid things. But, yeah, there's going to be some sort of Olympic village. Uh, I'll explain no. to you off the air the difference between the Olympics and the Commonwealth Games. <laughs> okay, thanks. Well, now that we have a new king, I guess it is really important. Um, so, yeah, apparently it's a good thing because they have overturned that. I did notice on the Ballarat Council website that they spoke about the repurposing of these villages for to address housing affordability and homelessness in the future and that some proportion of this would be allocated to social housing. But, of course, it doesn't say how much um, or what affordable is or whether it's public housing. It won't be. Um, and, yeah, just trying to work out some of the details seems to be a little bit vague at the moment. I mean, some of the big public housing estates in Melbourne now are historical, mm. like they were built on the side of the, the Olympic villages from the 50s, yeah. I think. Yeah, in Heidelberg, yeah. So there is a historical precedent for this. Um, I think it's crazy to be building infrastructure just for an event and not thinking about the future. So hopefully they are really well designed. That's capitalism, maybe. Uh, that is capitalism. We're just about out of time, Shane. So you're going to give out the phone numbers for HAG? I am not. You All are. Right. So if you want to give us a call at HAG... Uh, because you're an older person with a housing issue that you want to talk to someone about, number is 1800 765 178. That's 1800 765 178. If you want to get in touch about some of our campaigning and policy work or becoming a member, coming to a general meeting, uh, we have good sandwiches at the general meeting. It's always a big draw card. Sandwiches with grapes uh, in them. Sandwiches with grapes in them, but we also had some good sandwiches. Um, the. Uh, best number to call is 96547389. That's 96547389. You can also check out our website, oldertenants.org.au. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter. And those are that's the entirety of the ways that you can find us. There is no, no other way. There is Instagram. Does Hag have an Instagram? We have account? Instagram since now. when? I don't know. We have an Instagram. No, I want to swear it. It's true. It's called. I think it's called. H something. I don't know. I'll I, <laughs> this is what it's like working with Fiona. I think it's called H something. I'll look um, it so up. listeners, type H something into your Instagram search bar and maybe you'll find Hag that way. We also have a Spotify playlist um, and it is all around issues to do with tenants and we're going to play a song from our Spotify playlist. Uh, which was originally part of the the newsletter that goes out to all our members. So again, you should become a member. You definitely should become a member. Get all kinds of benefits, including Spotify playlists. <laughs> so this one is called. Are we are we, at a, are we ready for the song? Yeah, we are. great. Um, this one is called "Rent Strike Blues" and it's by Jimmy Collier. Love that. And it's from Songs of the Tenants Movement. So we might go to that now. See ya. See you later. I got the rent strike. 
mid-strike blue. I got the rich stripe. I got the rich stripe blue. Landlord will fix my building. Rats on the ceiling, rats on the floor, rats all around. I can't stand it anymore. I'm going on a red strike. Gotta end these blues. Everybody black and white Tired of a decent place to stay Going on a rich ride Got her in these blues Landlord don't fix the building Strike. 
got the red stripe blue I got the red stripe I got the red stripe blue Landlord go out to fix the building Well, I ain't about, I ain't about to 